0: you would turn with me, I guess not with me, but if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. <clears throat> I um, still am working on a series <clears throat> that I have not got done yet, and so I, I didn't know what to teach on, so I kind of looked through a bunch of notes of mine and I came across some teaching and some notes, and I don't know how many pages I have of study on this. Maybe, I don't know, maybe 150 pages of of different notes on this subject. So maybe I will, I might start a series on this, I'm not sure. But Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. you may be seated and in in two thousand eight, <clears throat> the Barna group did a survey to people they called they did a f- telephone survey and it was when they they were looking for people that were were um, self described Christians that they admitted that they were christians when they when they called and, and they, did a, they did a survey and they were looking for uh, a topic. There was questions on God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, Satan, and demons. And in that survey, four out of the 10, 40% of the Christians strongly agreed Satan is not a living being but is a symbol of evil. Additional 19% said they agreed somewhat with the with it. A, a minority of the Christians indicated that they believed Satan is real by disagreeing with the statement. One quarter, 26%, disagreed strongly, and about one-tenth or nine percent disagreed somewhat. The remaining eight percent were not sure. So <clears throat> the majority of the Christians also believed that a person can be under the influence of spiritual forces such as demons or evil spirits. Uh, two out of three Christians agreed that such influence is, is real, while just three out of ten or thirty percent rejected the influence of supernatural forces. The remaining eight percent were undecided. So here's a here's a a survey. And in the comments of that, I pulled it up from, from their, uh, their survey off their website. And it said, there, it said on the bottom there was inconsistencies noted. About half or 47% of the Christians who believed that Satan was merely a symbol of evil nevertheless agreed that a person can be under the influence of spiritual forces such as demons. So the majority, a huge amount of Christians, so-called Christians, self-proclaiming Christians, over a survey like that, and it gave the results what the percentage of, of accuracy would be. And I don't, I guess I don't understand all that stuff. They they went into quite detail at the end of the end of it, and um, but the the deal was is they just didn't they didn't believe that Satan was actually a a, a a real spiritual being. And it's amazing that so many believe that demons do have influence over people. And I, I thought about that, and I thought, you know, and I, I haven't seen a movie in, what, 30-some years, and I do know what was on being played for movies back when I was in the world, and and there was a lot of that with uh, movies with demons involved in it and demon possession that type of thing and I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of those I didn't didn't care for them didn't watch them but I knew they were out there and <clears throat> but it's a, and I would think that would be a huge influence on that difference between between the two that they think that there isn't a there isn't a devil but they believe that people can be un- influenced a huge percentage believes that they can be influenced and C.S. Lewis, he, he said, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall, in, fall about the devils. One is to just disbelieve in the existence, the other to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. So in other words, he's saying there's, there's a ditch on both sides of that, right? There's a ditch... You got people that don't believe in the spiritual, the um, uh, the dark side of the spiritual, and you got people that believe that's all they believe in, right? They think everything is everything is an evil spirit. Everything's influenced by an evil spirit. So, the what he's saying is probably the truth is somewhere in the middle there, and. Um, but the, the thing about it is, you know, you know, if we wouldn't believe, if we wouldn't believe in evil spirits, there would be a huge amount of the Bible missing. There'd be huge. Because I have, I mean, I have a list of, of what I started compiling on, on, on scriptures that involve the uh, of, of the devil, mention of evil spirits, the defeat of them, all those types of things. And it is gigantic. And I, don't, I know I'm just scratching the surface because there's so many of them that you can't, you can't type a word in to grab all the scriptures. You, know, you can type in devil or Satan or um, deceiver or something like that. You can type that in there. And you can get these scriptures, but there's so many of them in there that, that do not, you have to think about them because there's not those type of words that are involved in them. So you would have to get rid of a huge amount of the Bible to eliminate those. The shot that was heard around, the shot, the shot heard around the world it was a phrase that refers to the opening shot of the battles of Lexington and Concord on april nineteenth seventeen seventy five which sparked the American Revolutionary War and led to the creation of the United States. <clears throat> but there was a there was a shot that was heard around the world that was greater than that in in Genesis chapter two, in verse fifteen through seventeen. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden, and dressed to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. <clears throat> if I could say it this way, I don't know how else to say that. I guess I'll probably explain this, but, but God had a skeleton in the closet that he may not have been able to tell Adam and Eve about when they walked together in the cool of the evening. And what I mean by that is <clears throat> there, was, there was something there that in this, this verse that says there was some underlying condition that they needed to beware of. And I'm not sure if God could even talk about it. But the command to keep the garden in Genesis Genesis chapter 2, it's the idea of guard and the warning not to eat of the tree of knowledge and good of evil was implied. So it was actually, you're supposed to guard it. It, that's that's what and and it was actually the garden of the the knowledge of good and evil it means that it's it's implied without explaining that some kind of tension was created in in the spiritual realm that was there before Adam and Eve they were supposed to guard and so the thing about it is could God could God walk with Well, I got a couple of questions that I wrote down could this have been paradise, knowing that where there was a danger lurking in the garden? Could have been paradise. Could God say, "Take care of it and guard it," without any further explanation? So could God? So what I'm saying is that is that you know there was there was a danger, there was this tension in the spiritual realm. That Adam and Eve were placed in this garden because this tension happened before man was created. And there was this great, there was this, this great war that was going on, and Adam and Eve was introduced to the Garden of Eden. And could God say, you need to, you need to guard this tree? You need to guard that, you need to keep this garden, you need to guard this garden without explaining what he need they need to guard it from i'm not sure i'm not sure if they could if he could do that because there's kind of a is there not a fear in that is there not a thinking that hey wait a minute there could be a problem here it doesn't sound like paradise to me so i'm not i'm not sure but it could could god could god say um that could he tell them about the danger? Again, it probably, I don't know. I don't, I kind of, I'm leaning towards the side that God can't really can't tell him about that. God can't say, hey, beware. There's this, there's this problem I had eons ago. Well, actually in eternity. There's this problem I had in eternity past. You know, how, eternity past, how is that? <laughs> I don't know how you would explain that. There's this problem I had with this one character. And it didn't go good. He rebelled. A third of the, third of the angels went with him. And and, um, and you better beware. I, I don't think paradise would be that way. I think God set him in there. But there was indication, especially in this verse that um that there was a problem there was a problem in paradise maybe not in paradise there was a problem in the spiritual realm and they probably weren't totally aware of it they could have been somewhat aware of it I'm not sure how that worked but the tension it came into clear view when the serpent showed up and challenged the truthfulness of God's word in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 through 5 Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, Ye may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. You know, I, I'd like to say this here. <clears throat> um, you know, this here is is actually a manifestation, right? The it's it's uh, apparently that the devil was manifested in a in a serpent and um, that's that is pretty easy to uh, you know I guess it's it's one thing knowing there's a spiritual realm and you can feel the spiritual and there are times you feel the spiritual realm right you can feel God's presence you can see the manifestation of God through people. You can see it in, in people receiving the Holy Ghost. You can see people speaking in tongues. You can see it on their, their continents, right? They, you can see when somebody, when somebody even getting baptized, you can see somebody, there's a difference. There's something spiritual that happens and you can see the manifestation of the spirit through that. And, and um, when, especially when people receive the Holy Ghost, you can see the manifestation and on the flip side, seeing the manifestation of an evil spirit there's and if anybody has ever been involved in that that there, where peop, where an evil spirit gets manifestation even not even through people but even the manifestation of, of an evil spirit just so we can see in this but it happens through people so it it here is an example of a manifestation where we can the manifestation comes that we that Adam and Eve could actually visually see it and a lot of time most of the time it is not that way it's not that way but like I said if if you've ever been involved I know there's, there is some areas of life that open us up to spiritual stuff like that, that we get introduced to manifestations of, of evil spirits or even, even God's spirit. So there is a, that, I just wanted to throw that in there. So it, but the scripture, this Genesis chapter three, verse one through five says, you know, it doesn't give us the scripture doesn't give us the precise time of Satan's rebellion against God, but it does tell us that ca- that Satan was cast to the earth among his angels, along with his, a third of his angels. <clears throat> so this this we understand that tension that was there in in, in Genesis chapter two reveals itself in Genesis chapter three and we have to search the bible to see where all this stuff happened the source of this great war that that we are going through and and in revelations chapter 12 and verse 9 it says the great dragon was cast out the old serpent called the devil and satan which deceiveth the whole world he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him in luke chapter 10 and verse 18 Jesus said, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And so, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm treading in some pretty, I'm treading in some, in some uh, areas that are very hard. I don't, I will tell you, I do not have this down. I don't even have this. The Bible is full of these verses and and I will tell you, these verses I read you, read to you. There are some, there are some differences of opinions in these verses, but we do know that that at some point Satan was was uh, possibly kicked out of heaven. We're not sure because in Job we see that God had a or the devil had an audience with Satan with did I say that right that Satan had an audience with God he came into the presence of God so I will tell you this that I do not have this this down because it's a uh, the thing about it is there are some things there are some things for example that the Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices right so there are some things that we do know that we're not ignorant of the way Satan operates. But there are some things that are, that are just out there, they're hard to prove. You cannot, I cannot, <clears throat> if I tell you there's angels in this place, there could be, there could not be, right? There, so if I say, whatever I say, <clears throat> I cannot prove it. There's things that, like I said, I've I've been I've I've seen the manifestation of an, of evil spirits. I've seen I've been uh, in prayer. Usually, it happens in prayer that I will feel an evil spirit come into the room, and and so I know that, and I know the feeling. I know the feeling of the spirit of God. So I, I just wanted to throw that in there. This is, there is some gray area here. And I, I will tell you, I am not an expert on this. I have, the reason I have 150 pages of notes on this is because I tried studying it multiple times and there is so much stuff I do not understand about this. So, <clears throat> so then Revelations chapter 12 in verse four, and, the, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and he did cast them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour, devour her child as soon as it was born. So it tells us that that's where we get that, that Satan was kicked out of heaven, a third of the angels. And then there's this, of course, there's a scripture in Second uh, Peter Oh, boy, I lost the scripture. I don't have it down here. Oh, boy, I just lost the scripture. But it, it's it's hard to, to fit these in, to dovetail these scriptures all together. And it really, that's what scripture is about, right? Scripture, interpreting scripture with scripture and having so they all fit and they dovetail together. They're nicely fit together. And that is what, that's how you interpret scripture. So, but then, <clears throat> if you read Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15, and Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 11 through 18, this gives more insight into Satan's rebellion. And, um, you know, I got to say this, too. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's just a lot of stuff coming th- going through my mind here as i'm teaching but you know one of the things is would be like i said there's a middle of the road in this right there's a so some people believe you don't even mention anything about about satan i'm not going to give him any credit or glory or anything like that but the reality is 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 we read it if you read the bible you're reading it all the time about him all I'm doing is teaching about him. So I'm not trying to give him any credit. I'm, it, actually, where I'd like to go is, is about his devices, is where I'd like to go. And I'm not going to get there. I, in fact, I don't even have it here. I just have a little, the start of it. <clears throat> and um, so, you know, it, this, in these scriptures in Isaiah and Ezekiel, they are actually, the rebellion of Satan is actually hidden in so, symbolic reference to human kings. He talks about kings, and you look at it, he's talking about earthly kings, but he's actually, the, the second meaning to it is the, the meaning of, of, uh, of Satan's rebellion. And um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll read Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 through 15. How art thou thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So here's a, an example of, of Lucifer's pride, and in Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 15, "Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day when that thou has thou was created till iniquity was found in thee." I kind of chuckled when I read that, and he was God said you were perfect until you weren't. But the, but he was saying, he said, in other words, he said, you were perfect until you sinned. You, you were prideful. You tried, you tried um, uh, lifting up yourself up and displacing God. In Ezek, Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 17, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou was, has corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy, of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that thou mayest behold thee so this is right here of of Satan's rebellion is the true shot the true shot heard around the world this was the start of the great war between God and Satan and uh, Satan his 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 pride because of his beauty and his wisdom and um and it was all given to him by God, and he tried to displace God. And, yet, and I thought about that. When I, when I wrote that down, I thought about that. I thought, you know, that's really, that's really kind of silly that, that Satan would, you know, a created being. He's a created being. God gives him this beauty and this wisdom, and then he gets prideful over it. And I thought, Then I thought, you know, what's the difference between us? We're the same way, right? You get pride. We let pride get in our life and we think we're somebody and really, you know, we're just created. God created us that way. We just have a good God. You know, and, and, and um, so Satan, that is the way, the, that is the way the, this great war started. And of course, I don't even know if I explain that. You know, the World War I was called the Great War, right? It was the Great War it was i I suppose you know there was there was no World War II, so you couldn't call it World War I. It was I think they did call it the World War though before before there was a World War II, but they had to name it World War I after there was a second one, but it was originally it was called the Great War, but it it's no war compared to what we 're in, what mankind is invo- involved in you know the world war. World War one was I know that's the greatest there's the greatest human casualty of any war in World War one there's millions millions of soldiers millions the casualties of, of, uh, of civilians was huge the the injured the and then the everything that happened after it the the genocides that happened after the war and then the, they say the Spanish flu was because of the war. It, it spread because of the war. The, the casualties of, of the great war were huge. They were gigantic. But it's nothing compared to this great war that we're in. The casualties of this great war are huge. They're huge. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel there's two points I'd like to point out in these scriptures and uh, this is God giving judgment to the to the serpent and it says it's it Meaning the woman's seed shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So bruise can actually mean crush. So the, of course, we understand that it's it's that there's that the uh, crucifixion of Jesus is going to be a, a a bruise to the head of, of the woman's seed, and and he's in Jesus with the crucifixion is gonna is going to which some people don't believe that it's actually, that is not the final judgment of Satan and the final crushing of his head is not the crucifixion, but it's actually in the book of Revelation. But the, <clears throat> but this is a promise of a virgin birth savior the, and eventually <clears throat> the ultimate victory for mankind. And the second part, the... the um, The first part of it, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. This points to a long continued war that was coming, the struggle between good and evil. This is exactly what you will find from this point in the Bible forward. If you open up the Bible and from from Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, it you find there is this great battle going on between, between good and evil. Every person from this point forward will be drawn into this battle at birth. As soon as we're born, we're drawn into this battle. It's not our battle. It's not our battle, but we do have to battle it. There is no way for Satan to fight God, so he targets what God loves, you and me. Mankind, He targets us. We are caught in the epic battle of good and evil between God and Satan. We start, it, what started out between God and Satan had moved to include you and me. Now all of a sudden, we're involved in this. What became between God and Satan has become between us and Satan. <clears throat> but you know psalms psalms chapter 110 verse 1 i I know this from i guess if i i don't have my my library i i could i could have opened up the book and found where i where this is at but it's the most quoted old testament verse in the in the new testament psalms 110 verse 1 and it is the lord said unto my lord sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool, and actually Jesus, Jesus quoted this. I remember who he, who he silenced. I think it was the Pharisees that came to him, and he and he said this about David, who's who's who is David who who's David's who is uh, the son of? How do he say that? Help me out here. I can't think of the verse but he he talked about son of David so what he's saying is this in this verse is it's saying it's actually showing the, the dual nature of God is what it's showing it's showing the man side of of Jesus the dual nature of Jesus excuse me the, the man side the human side of Jesus and the the divinity of Jesus and and Jesus points it out and and the Pharisees could not answer him they just had to be quiet and um, and it but this verse actually tells that it tells of anyone that's an enemy of a god will eventually be defeated whoever's his enemy it says the lord said unto my lord sit thou at my right hand until i make mine thine enemies thy footstool so in other words whoever is an enemy of god is going to be defeated so of course Satan is an enemy of God and each one of us here do not want to fall on that side of being an enemy of God because we will eventually be defeated. So we stay, you know the, <clears throat> there's, well I don't, know what, I don't know if I've ever, I don't even know if I've ever, is, that, is there a song, we win, we win, hallelujah we win, I read the back of the book and we win, is that, so I don't even know. I don't know if I've ever heard it. I've heard maybe I've heard just the beginning of it. I'm not sure. So the um, you know, if we stay in Christ, we win. If we be, if we not we're not in Christ, we're an enemy of God and we lose with everybody that's an enemy of God. So it's and and I'm kind of well so we need to stay in Christ we win if we stay in Christ that's how we win Romans Romans chapter 6 and verse 20 and the God of peace shall bruise or crush Satan under your feet shortly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you amen so I'm talking about the I'm talking about we win and in fact Paul or whoever wrote Romans And they said, the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. So that is either, it either means, I'm not sure. This is another one of those scriptures I'm not sure about. It either means the final destruction of Satan in Revelation, or it means he was writing to the Roman church and he was saying, in a little while, God is going to, is going to, crush Satan under your feet one or the other I'm not sure which one it is and um, in Revelations chapter 20 and verse 10 and the set and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire with in brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they shall be tormented tormented day and night forever and ever we win If you read the back of the book, those that are in Christ win. So the devil is defeated and we are victorious. Hebrews chapter two, verse 14 through 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through, the, through death he might destroy him that has power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I tell you, my mind is, my mind is racing. I mean, I read this and... Um, there's there I'll tell you there is so much of this I do not understand because I read this and I and a verse popped in my head and I thought about it and and uh, I just do not there's some stuff that I they're just when you talk about stuff like this it's just tough to understand and so but this verse for as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood so in other words God's children you and I our partakers were human beings and he likewise himself took the same so he became a man because and um, that through death because the only way he could die was become a man he might destroy him which is Satan that has had the power of death that is the devil and that and delivered them through who through through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage so the the second verse fifteen i'm I'm not sure if it's it could either mean it could mean that he delivered those um, that had fear of death and and also those that were were in bondage, or it could mean it could mean that they, he delivered those, let's see, they delivered them of the fear of death and they, they were actually in bondage to that fear their whole lifetime. It could mean one or the other. I'm not sure which one it means. So, you know, we, we anticipate Satan's final defeat and we enjoy Christ, the, the victory Christ won on the cross for each and every one of us. We do this by faith, trusting in God regardless of his, of what we're going through. Yeah, you know, we go through some tough times. Our faith fails. We, um, but we we need to anticipate the final defeat. We need to have faith, and um, you know, in, in Philippians chapter four, verse four through nine, it gives us a little help. And I'll just. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna end with this. And um, <clears throat> Philippians chapter four, verse four through nine. Just because, just because I can. No, just because I didn't know where to go. <laughs> That's the truth there. <laughs> because I I had so much information, I didn't know know what to go into next, and I knew I didn't have enough material here, so I figured I would give a little bit of application, and this is the best I could come up with. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 9, Rejoice in the Lord always, always, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. And the thing about this, like I said, I... I didn't want to get ahead of myself if I'm going to continue on with this series I didn't want to get ahead of myself so I had to stop but one of the things about one of the things about the this great battle is the battlefield is our mind right that's where the battle is we um <clears throat> here's some of the points five points to this to this verse we're supposed to God or uh, Paul tells us to rejoice. We're not supposed to to get discouraged. We're not supposed to be gloomy. We're supposed to rejoice. We're supposed to embrace moderation. We're supposed to be moderate. We're not supposed to be be extreme. We're supposed to stay in the middle of the room. Extremism can be unhealthy, whichever side you're on. But, But... also, you gotta be careful right In, instead of if you're thinking um somebody is extreme, we gotta check ourselves, right? Let me see if I can think of a good example oh, yeah. oh let's see what time is it? I'll go there. I remember. I remember driving on, on the vans years ago. And how far do I want to go back? I remember going to a person's house. My wife and I and our children got invited to somebody's house years ago. And um, we walked in the door. It was a split-level house. And the, the uh, husband was downstairs, the wife was upstairs, and we came in. The wife came and met us at the door and the husband peeked his head up the stairs and was all excited. And he said, come here, Pete, come here, come here. And I walked down the steps and he had his computer down there. And he said, I want to show you something on my computer. And so he said, he he showed me something. And while I was watching it, Actually, I got the first time I watched a video on a computer because he bought. He ended up buying a video card, and I didn't. And I assume that's what it is. I don't. He just. He just had something that did a video, so I assume it's a video card. I'm not sure if it was or not, but so I'm watching him. I'm watching this, and it was so slow that it would it would stop and then it would do, it was just, it wasn't, you probably wouldn't even call the video, probably half video or something like that, you know, so it was so slow and stopped. And so, and I remember thinking to myself, I said, I thought, "Uh oh, the computer has just become a television. That's what I thought. And so, Fast forward, I remember on a van I remember taking Sunday school kids and our daughter Sarah, went to help us out and there was some of there was a couple of her friends that came on because she was on there, and I remember her watching they were watching some whatever it was a talent deal on television, right It was a talent thing on television and and um, the, whatever, I I can't remember the names of those original ones, singing, they were singing, um, and they they were showing Sarah these people singing on there. And I thought to myself, well, what's the difference? What's the difference if you're watching a television, you're watching television on your phone you're watching a clip of television. Huh? I'm, just, I'm just telling you what I thought. And then I heard, I remember hearing somebody say, there was actually a preacher that said this someplace. I don't remember if it was camp or, I think it might have been camp. And he, Maybe it was just to a group of guys. And he said something about a, he said that he had a, his, his phone and he was gonna show this guy a video and the guy, no, no, I, I won't. He turned and looked and the guy, this preacher kind of made fun of it. You know, it kind of, and I thought to myself, you know, is, is that extreme, is, is that being extreme? Is that being moderate? Is that being extreme? Where does that, you know, and I thought to myself, and his thinking was, this preacher that did, his thinking was this, that's extreme to do that. And I thought to myself, I mean I, I it made me check myself because I thought, you know is that extreme? or is it somebody will say, well, you know really to be it's it's pretty narrow to be saying, you got to be baptized in Jesus name. Is that extreme? Well, we'd say, no, that's not extreme. So all my point with that with those stories is that sometimes we can call somebody an extremist. When really as somebody, we're the ones that are moving further from God. And I'm not telling you that we're moving further from God if we do that. I'm just saying it made me check myself. It's because um, So we got to be careful when we are saying somebody's extreme. If, if maybe, they're, maybe they're staying the same way and we're the one moving away from God. So then also in this is, is uh, in, uh, anticipate the second coming of, of Christ and pray. We're supposed to pray and do not worry. And then, of course, the, f- the fifth thing is think on the right things. Think on truth, honesty, justice, purity, loveliness, good news, virtue, those things that are praiseworthy. Think on these things because the, battle, the battlefield to this great battle is right here right between our ears, and we have to think on these things. Let's stand. Let's pray as we're dismissed. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness and offering, uh, allowing us to come one more time to your service. We pray, Lord, that you touch each and every one of us today, that we draw closer to you, Lord. We pray that we'd be, we would be not ignorant of the, of the devil's devices, Lord God, that we would learn in Jesus' name. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're dismissed for about 10 minutes in Jesus' name.